Hello everyone and welcome back to the Ishan Shastri podcast. It's been a long old time since we all spoke to you. A lot has happened. There's been runouts from the non-strikers end. Darren Stevens has retired from Kent. And is Sri Lanka the best T20 team in the world right now? Are they winning the World Cup? To answer all these questions, I am joined by two very special men. Mr. Ashwin Shastri, how are you, Ash? I'm doing all right. Very well, mate. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, thank you. And again, he's he's come back to us. He's still alive up there in cold north of the wall, Scotland. It's Mr. Jesse Mills. How are you, Jesse? I'm good, thanks. Coming out of a sort of one-month cricketing hibernation. Uh, season finishes a bit earlier up here than it does down in England, so I've been staying away for the game for a bit. You're a lucky man. I came back from holiday uh, to play the last game of the season and ended up requir- requiring a runner, uh, injuring my back and not being able to get off the sofa for two days. Uh, so I really enjoyed playing that last game in the middle of September. Although, guess who I played? Actually, you both kind of know. I played Devon Malcolm, former England quick. He bowled at me. Is he gas? Uh, he's one of the quickest I've faced this year. He's trim as anything. Uh, and... If I'm, it wasn't so much the pace. I, I face quicker, but you could, you know, when you watch uh, professional international bowlers and the seam is like coming into you, and nearly every ball just straightens and it, it leaves the bat by about half an inch, just enough. He was doing that every ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, but as as is important to point out, did not get me out, and I hit for runs, and even more point out to to fact that I was crooked. So what does that say about me? Greatest player to have ever lived. Um, but no, we're not here to talk about me. Let's talk about someone, the only bat player better than me. Let's get straight into it. Darren Stevens. Sad time for all Kent fans out there. Uh, Darren Stevens. What left, a man, uh, legend. Yeah, uh, like a blaze of glory though. Kent winning the most important trophy of the year. Uh, the 50 over shit cup. I don't know what it's called. Um, what is it? Is it the Royal London? Royal London, yeah. Uh, means literally yeah. nothing. Royal London, yeah. means so little that you had Zach Crawley, even Matt Milnes and Marcus Reardon or Billings watching it. Um, but Darren Stevens finished his Kent career on a high. Um, Ash, give me your favourite Darren Stevens memory. Well, there must be quite a few. Like when he made a comeback, scored a massive double and like I think Kent were like five down for like 78 yards. He just came in and just kept kept whacking, whacking it to all parts. I think he got his like two hundred and like what one forty odd balls. He then uh, rattled a lot of oppositions like with his bowling in tandem with the Matt Henry and all the other folks. Matt Henry, what's his name? I am forgetting his name. Uh, yeah, one of the Kent Quicks. Harry Podmore and all those guys. He made them look good. And uh, in the blast as well, like uh, he had a few noticeable performances. This year in Royal London Cup, I think he was uh, instrumental in uh, ensuring that Kent uh, won a lot of critical games. He was the reason we got I to the final. I wasn't able to vote. Yeah. With the I bat. couldn't watch a lot of games, but then I, I, I made sure that I watched as many as I could in their highlight package, whatever they had. And I think he 
didn't look like he was 46, 47. That's for sure. No, he did not. I, I'm in this weird position of hoping to see him continue playing because as he's stated, he's not retiring. He has just left the club. Um, however, do I want to see him play against us? Jesse, if if it's rather he retired or he joins Leicestershire, what, what do you want to see? I was going to say that it would have to be Leic- Leicestershire would have to be the only place I'd really feel comfortable with him going. Yeah. Obviously, where he was before Ken, I could just about settle for that. If he went off somewhere else, I'd Place for Surrey be... next year. I'd um, disagree with that on so, so many levels. Many moralistic levels. Yeah, I also just can't see him doing it, to be honest. Why or why has Kent not agreed to the offer that he made of being a player coach? Possibly due to some I conflict no of interest, idea. but by by all accounts, he's been really good at bringing through everyone that he's played with. Yeah, he's seen seen enough careers come and go, so much experience. I, Seems a no yeah, brainer to me. It's a bit strange. I don't understand. I know they're trying to get Joey Everson in. He looks good. Yeah, he looks but, really good. But I think you're missing out on a lot by letting Stevo go. Get him back for another year. Tell him his contract's not being extended because every time you do that, he ends up absolutely gunning it he for a does. couple of games after. I agree. Get him back in. Feel good factor around Kent. Be excellent. Um, as we're on the subject of county cricket, let's uh, have a little roundup because the county championship has come to a close in last week. And the most important story to come out of it is that Joe Root is friends with Piers Morgan. Um, and how do we know that? Well... While his team, Yorkshire, quite, uh, I'd say surprisingly, have been relegated to Division 2, he was out playing golf with Michael Vaughan, uh, Kevin Peterson and Piers Morgan. Um, I don't really know what's the worst part of this story. If it's the fact that he's decided to play golf over cricket or the fact that the friends that he keeps... Um, I'm really uh, torn in this, but perhaps we before we get to this, can someone tell me in, in just glorious terms how beautiful man Liam Norwell is and how he should be uh, given a statue outside of Edgbaston? Uh, who knows this? Who knows uh, why Liam Norwell was so good? Unbelievable! If he'd been if he'd been playing the entire season for them, they wouldn't it wouldn't have come that close. Just amazing! I saw a tweet yeah. from. George Lebel, uh, saying that he, I think he was at the the Warwickshire game, going that they needed to bowl out um, Hampshire, I believe, below like what one thirty nine, something like that, and he was like, it's a flat deck, so seemingly very positive for Yorkshire fans. Uh, don't see how anything can happen from here, but it's only because I just saw that tweet. I thought, well, I'm gonna have a look at, look at it. I looked at it about an hour later, and they were about four down Hampshire. And I thought, oh, could be something. Here. And then when I looked back to see that they'd won. And Liam Norwell taking a nine for, with, what was it, a few runs to spare. Amazing scenes. And I'm so happy to see Yorkshire getting relegated. I mean, the whole cricket fraternity should be happy. Um, but yeah, they're not, not in everyone's good books at the moment, I think are they? they, no. they uh, I think it's going to be an interesting period for they them had, to they had it coming, rebuild. They had it coming, no denying that. But what, what do we feel about this root situation? With Because uh, obviously he's playing a lot of cricket these days. Um but his team, he, who he is contracted to, obviously failed to win 
and have therefore been relegated and he was off playing golf as I is he, is he contracted to them though or is it done through his England central contract how does it yeah well that, that is a wonderful because wonderful uh question I thought the England contract meant that he could because he's paid by England they could take him whenever they wanted I thought that's the rule because surely he he is contracted in some form to Yorkshire or he could just play for any team when he's I don't know exactly around. how it works but I'm he, pretty I sure there's he, some incentive he makes the call as to when when he wants to play and when he doesn't I think it's him who makes that call because I've seen the players play a game the, the evening before and the next day they show up to, for the county side Livingston has done it quite often Butler does it all the time even Root has done it, so I don't see that uh, that could have been the issue. I think it's just like he just doesn't care, maybe. It's not I think great in a lot of because I think it was implied in a few places that it was an ECB led decision that so there's not much point him playing. But I don't understand what point there is in him not playing. What test cricket's going like, on? They're, they're, they're or... just on. Under- what he, test cricket's he, coming up, but also what is he preparing for? Yeah, like it's it's just another case of the ECB undermining their own cricket. If it was down to them, um, they seem to not like picking teams for the now. They um, and focusing on what cricket's happening now. It's all about something down the line, and when you get to that thing down the line, they're then suddenly looking two series ahead again. Yeah, uh, but maybe they had uh, skin in the game, hoping the Yorkshire would get relegated too. So. I, 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 the result itself, I was very happy with, um, but just strange to see see. And and last comment: How upset are we with him that he is uh, golfing with the likes of Piers Morgan? That's that's a, a red flag right there. Absolutely, I don't massive massive red flag. Yeah. All right, and then a quick little mention: something else that's come out recently. And Jesse, you might have to take the lead on this one because I had no idea it was uh, a thing until uh, you pointed out just before we started to record. And that is the Strauss report. Uh, I want you to tell me every detail of that report because uh, I know you've memorised it. I had no idea until you mentioned it, so please go ahead. Yeah, there's only one, there's only one detail that I'm really familiar with and it's this push for um, the county game to go from 14 rounds a season down to 10. And that theory is that you'll get more time to prepare in between, which will mean higher quality games, um, players complaining that there's too much cricket and there seems to be a real divide between well between the two sides how people fall on this there's people saying less cricket better preparation means you're not playing some of these games in the start of April at the end of September so they'll be higher quality and lots of people in favour for that the two notable ones that have come out and said they think it'll be a good idea Joss Butler and Dowd Milan but how much county cricket do they actually end up oh. playing? <laughs> when was the last time um, Butler played for Lancashire? <laughs> yeah. And it's all in the um, in the aim of high performance, increasing the sort of level of test cricket in England um, to ma- sort of match up where the white ball's been. And there's obviously a lot of arguments against that. Um why do we want less games? If you end up having one or two washed out, you end up down at sort of like an eight-game county season for some clubs. And how is anyone meant to develop the skills required 
when you're only playing eight games, some of them are still going to be played at the extremes of the season in sort of strange conditions. And talk about balancing it, getting some of it played at the same time as the 100 instead of the Royal London Cup, I think was played through the 100 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think even disregarding the sort of high performance level of it, the impact that the lack of the change in the number of games would have on sort of county memberships and gate revenues and things like that. Um, on top of the 100 already taking away a lot of revenue from the counties, reducing the number of first-class games would also cause more things for them to think about. So it's obviously a two, two-sided thing. You want as high-quality cricket as possible, but it seems like they're not necessarily taking everything into consideration and cutting down on the first-class cricket is just looking to keep more of a window for the 100 and the big cash grab. I, for one, don't want to see think, it being played it's... during the 100. Mm. I want the best I think it's kind of inevitable that, that. If, if they reduce the number of games, if they reduce the number of games, I think teams like Leicestershire, for example, they are just going to call it quits or something similar to that. I think it's not going to be sustainable for most of them. And this, uh, the 100 full tournament that they have started, I don't see it giving them the reward they were hoping for because they are at, I guess they are 10 years too late uh, jumping the T20 uh, jumping onto the T20 bandwagon they tried to play it around quite a bit but I think they've made it more complex for uh, the traditional cricket fans well the, like the debate on the 100 in it, 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 they kind of don't make sense yeah. we can have next year um, but on the topic of like more cricket, I, I on the simple view of surely the best practice is out in the middle. Uh, that's the way you're going to get better. But I think the most compelling argument is like you say, for these smaller counties who are promised like a tr- like the trickle down economics of like the riches of the hundred will will seep into your pockets somehow, um, even though we're not using your grounds and so on. Uh, it does not seem to be working. So taking away more of their very limited revenue streams doesn't really seem to be uh, the greatest idea. Um, but really, that report seems very boring. So um, let's move on to something that is not just not boring, it's controversial. And we love a controversial topic on this podcast. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm planning on getting some like boxing gloves out between my two co-hosts here because I think this is going to be spicy. And I think we're on the same side. Oh, that that'll be a shame. Let, well, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Mancads. There was a series just recently between India women and England women, uh, which went well. I think India won all the ODIs, didn't they? I think. Um, very, very compellingly. But in the last game, a very tight game. At Lords, England were on their way, let's say, to a surprising victory at one point. They needed 17 runs to win, was it? I think, I think there are thereabouts. Yeah. And Sharma, was it Deepti Sharma? The off spinner. Yeah. Man Cads Charlie Dean to win the game at Lords, home of cricket, and the internet broke itself. Uh, 
I want to hear from you, Jesse, to all our Indian listeners and fans of Deepthi Sharma, what you feel about her actions that day. Instinctively, no good. No good? I... The question is, Mills, are you Sam Billings or are you Alex Hales? Sam Billings, who has already got himself an IPL contract, and Alex Hales, who's trying to get one. You can work out for yourself which, which way. <laughs> I have <laughs> no, no issues <laughs> with um, trying to get any lucrative Indian sponsorships or deals or anything, so I can turn around and say that instinctively I'm... What about us Very trying to get those deals, Mills, before you answer it. this question? Right. I'm, it just doesn't feel right. Completely agree. It's within the laws. I think the clarification that batters should stay in the crease until the ball is bowled is important. And that hopefully that will lead to these things not happening in the future, but at the same time to just say batters should stay in their crease until the ball is bowled is missing a lot of the issue. There's a lot of things that are legal, but not exactly looked highly upon. And there is always going to be two subsets of people who have really differing opinions on whether you play sport to win or whether you play sport by a set of values um, where sometimes things are more important than winning. And for me, I would rather... Well, I know that if it happens in club cricket, you're essentially going to start a fight. So to translate, you want Dipti Sharma shot. Good. Okay. Um, Ash, what's your opinions on man-catting? Well, throughout my life, I've been... Uh pro-man kidding. Yes, you have. I have been doing it uh, since like my, my early days. And since like, you could walk, Ash. now, If I see a bat... Yeah. But the thing is, I have a problem with this kind of man kid and the one that Ashwin did to your Patlan. Mm. Because if you are to man someone, you should do it uh, kind of immediately. You can't just keep uh, waiting for half an hour. Yes. To, for the batter to move out and then run them out. I think that should, uh, in all fairness, be a dead ball. There is no way you can just uh, consider this that legal. That was absolutely illegal that way because she should have done it almost immediately. Otherwise, it makes no sense. Uh, I agree with you completely, to be honest. And, uh, and, and, and the thing is, because of that, with all those uh, people who had nothing else to do, for example, the likes of Alex Hales, who have just uh, uh, got back into employment of some sort. Harbhajan Singh, all those kind of people, like they were all kind of done and dusted. Suddenly jumping onto this bandwagon, creating random discussions, somebody bringing Ben Stokes in for I don't know what reason. But I think the common trend I found was that uh, the English media, the English cricketers, ex-cricketers and all that, they've all been trying to jump on top of the the sort of uh, the high ground that is of morality so my my take on that would be that had uh, had the english team spent uh, more time uh, bettering themselves than uh, what they did in uh, attaining the moral high ground they would have had significantly 
the like occupied trophy cabinet of their room. Well, I think one of the greatest things to come out of this is the potential boxing match between Ben Stokes and Harsha Bogle. Um, I'm really looking forward. Money, to money on Stokes. My money's on Harsha Bogle. One million percent. Money on st- money on Stokes. He's a pro already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's he's had <laughs> he's had practice. Um, my yeah. view is that mancads are wonderful for the game. Um, and I have one reason for this and one reason only, and that being that I work in a uh, part-time at a supermarket, very glamorous, and not once have I ever been come to by members of my uh, a colleague and asked about international cricket before. Three separate people came up to me to talk to me about man-cadding. And if that's not a great advertisement for the game, that people who know, well, never have had an interest in it, but felt so, so passionately about this that they sought me out to ask my opinion on it. This, this to me is wonderful. Any advertisement's good advertisement. And so I say more man cads, uh, especially against England and Australia, because that gets a lot of traction. Um, and yeah, I'm all for it. But no, in all seriousness, Ash- oh my, just just imagine a man in an India-Pakistan game. That'd be so. That would be okay. Who? Well, I would. I would love to see. Love to see Kohli That's getting yeah. man Kohli being man by Shadab, or I think that's easier because it's a spinner. But I think there'd be more uproar if it was Shaheen. Shaheen Afridi just stops and his yeah. big head turns <laughs> yeah. around and like whips the bales off. But gen- genuinely, the speed that some of these guys are sort of running in at, if a fast bowler tries to stop and do it, they're going to hurt themselves. I want to see Mark Wood try and do it. In- impossible. Yeah. Like, it um, wouldn't happen. It would just fall in a heap on the floor like he used to. Exactly. Um, but that is, re- that is really one of the interesting things about where you draw this line of when you think the ball would be released and then how long you hold on to it and, just, and it just becomes a big game of chicken. Yeah. Uh, I I I think it just gets yeah. s- silly, and I I also think that very easily you can just say, well, you just stand and you decrease until the ball's let go, and then you get bowlers that are going to come up expecting you to go out and just hold it and hold it, and they never deliver the ball. Is there any sort of retaliation against the bowler for holding up play? I know that, like I think I remember in a test match, Kevin Peterson going to switch it someone and the bowler stopping multiple balls in a row and the umpires had to stop it, step in and go, this is getting a bit silly. Yeah. Do you end up with that? Do you end up with people like starting outside their crease and then just dropping their bat back in Phil Rose style, trying to get some buzzers? Which is totally uh. fine. <laughs> um, well, I don't know, but I, I think that common sense should prevail. And in both of those instances, Ashwin and Sharma's, it's quite clear that at the time of their usual release, the batsmen were in or, or you know, a natural amount of just starting to walk and this was a tactical way of getting them out rather than the batsman taking the piss like i think you have to have a rule in place you can't have a batsman two meters down that obviously but common sense should come into it and it was somewhat cheeky Uh, and this whole discussion about her giving charlie dean uh warnings has been interesting because that's been like refuted between the two camps hasn't it uh, England saying there was no warnings and obviously 
uh, India saying there was. I, I find it very interesting. And if anything, like I say, it's good that there's topics coming out of the series uh, and um, more of it, more mancads. Uh, Ashwin, if you're listening, more mancads, sir. Uh, try it on Butler in the IPL. That'd be interesting. If you rocked up on a Saturday... Well, they're in the same team now. Exactly, that'd be interesting. Right, I'm just going to put this to both of you. So you, you show up to a game on a Saturday. You've driven an hour to this game. Mm. Like, big, big game, mm. part of the season. You're, say, say you're opening the batting. Mm. And we've all had a lot of conditioning through our lives, walking in with the batter. I think it makes the game more dynamic, more singles on the toes, a bit more going on. Like you already have the risk of like getting run out of the non-strikers end if they hit the ball back off the bowler's fingers. If there's like no warning that needs to be given or anything, the very first ball, you wander out, bowler never has any intention of delivering the ball, stops, knocks the bails off, and they do that. You've travelled an hour to your game. Is that on you? Or is that just absolutely ridiculous? Well, my, my bat's going. Well, well, Jesse, 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 you are talking to two... Yes. Of the most laziest that runners is, between the wickets, so we are never on our that toes. That is what I was about. You're never going to do that. But I, but I but I get I get a point. Like one would be furious though. Like I have had a game where I got uh, run out at the non-strikers end without facing a ball. It ricocheted off the bowler. Well, uh, somewhat different, but yes. Uh, no, I I I I agree. Well, firstly, Ash and I never leave our crease because um, why expend the energy? Uh, when Ash, even when we well, have to, well, yeah. Ash isn't going to run until the sixth ball anyway, so I don't have to leave the crease till then. Um, but no, I, I, I take your point. I'd be fuming, but I think in club cricket, there is a certain like decorum that I've never seen anyone do it first time. There's normally a warning, and you never normally see them do it a second time. And when they do, normally the team calls them back. Uh, we have a few culprits on our team um, that have done it, but. I, I don't know. Um, I it's think just, international level, it, you need laws and you need to abide by them. Um, is that the difference then? Where it becomes professional, it's no longer about playing within this spirit where it's 22 people who've organised a game of sport together and should be trying to enjoy it and then play it competitively that it then goes to being I do would, everything you can to win. I would say so. Like When it comes to man-cadding, I don't want to actually see it, but... If you're talking about a local game of cricket where you've made the case of you've driven an hour to it, that is, that's not on. But like the professional game, you should know the rules. You're being paid to be there. Uh, it's a mistake on you to be out of your crease. But as I, we've said before, Ash and I, I don't like the tactical man cads you know, where, they're, where they're pausing. But uh, this will be a topic that will rage on, I'm sure. Um, Get a poll up. Man cads, yes, no. That no will, gray area. Yeah, there you are, Ash. That it will be Ash's poll this week. Uh, it'll be very interesting to yep. see which way yep. that swings. Um, just quickly, let's let's round off this episode. Um, talking T20 cricket with the World Cup coming up in a couple of weeks, and we'll have a, an episode out for you guys uh, all about that. Um, the Asia Cup, we know it was a bit of a while ago, but as we've had a bit of a hiatus, uh, let's just quickly discuss it. Um, India uh, won. Oh, no, they didn't. Uh, Pakistan won. Oh, no, they didn't. Uh, Sri Lanka won. And what is amazing about Sri Lanka winning the Asia Cup is that they aren't guaranteed to be playing in the T20 World Cup. And why is that, you ask? Well, they're in the qualifiers. The team that has conquered some of the best teams in the world uh, must beat fearsome opposition. Tell me them again, Jesse. 
Netherlands, UAE, Namibia, Bangladesh, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, all straight through to the main groups. Wow. Sri Lanka have to qualify the levels of, well, the West Indies are in it as well. Uh, they're in a group with Ireland, Scotland, Zimbabwe. There's my interest. I'm not interested in the real competition. It does just show how these like lower, like these test nations below the big three or maybe more uh, your New Zealand, if you include them in there as well, just don't care about international cricket these days. Having the West Indies and Sri Lanka and obviously South Africa are, I think, quite likely for the, the proper World Cup, the 50 over one, are going to have to go through a similar channel um, through choice almost, uh, like disbanding some of their tours. They they just don't care. Uh, I think they will care if they do not beat these teams to get into the World Cup um, proper. But it is amazing. Uh, but on the Asia Cup, Ash, you probably saw a bit more of it than we did. Um from what I heard, yep. Sri Lanka were very impressive. Very impressive indeed, actually. Well, if you look at their performance, you won't find a single performer at all. But I think everyone just uh, somewhat chipped in. You had like three or four people scoring 30s and 40s every game. Then you had uh, Hasaranga coming in with his, like, uh, his smart leggies with a couple of wickets here and there. You had uh, Mahesh Tikshana was bowling just tight lines, getting probably a wicket or two at most. Good man. They, uh, they, I think they had about 10 to 12 performers throughout the tournament. I think that's the sort of team spirit that uh, takes your team to glory. Because Lanka as a nation has suffered quite a bit with all those economic and political turmoil and uh, things uh, being rather sad if you may, if you may put it that way so it kind of felt uh, good that they ended up uh, winning against all odds now coming back to the t20 world cup a uh, few years ago icc announced that uh, every single associate affiliate or full-time member of icc is going to get a t20 international status so I feel that they should make uh, the World Cup a little bigger. Like 12 teams is like by no means justified. No. If if they're going to if they're going to bank on that format, at least have it uh, up till 16 if not more. I I agree. Four pools of four. Let's get four pools Let's of somehow four. get Scotland into the World Cup. That's what you're saying. I agree. They were no, very if you if you if you if you ask me, I'm gonna I'm gonna prefer 32. I would love to see uh, an Australia versus Japan or something like. You're absolutely yeah, mental, like Ash. Sri Lanka. That is that is a health yeah. and safety violation. <laughs> yeah, that's a shocker, Ash. Yeah. No one would tune in for these games once you've seen the first, like you say, Australia. Ten Japan. balls and Japan are yeah, two for four. Exactly. Uh, the the only interest will then. I think that will cause more of an argument to have like just a. Like a top six play each other over and over. People again. already get angry about the Welsh, Welsh fire being terrible and just a waste of time. They are like, dreadful though. They were they absolutely are, but, shocking. So just imagine, just think a team that much worse. As much as I love to see the smaller nations competing, they really need to be building up to that level. Yeah. And just throwing them in at the deep end for a one-off game against and, and a team fair, that's going to be far too good. Isn't I enjoy the qualifiers for that reason. I enjoy seeing them play against each other and see yeah. the um, 
the strongest of the the next generation, as it were. I do enjoy all of that. Never, never. The sad part is that even to get to that qualifier, they have to play another qualifier, which I think is kind of unfair to them that they need to keep qualifying for every tournament now and then. Sure. And uh, all the others, they kind of uh, just get in just because they are the full members. Like, I am yet to see a noticeable performance from Bangladesh in the last 10 years or so. Apparently, they did enough to qualify for this World Cup over Sri Lanka. Yeah, I don't... I, uh, mad, isn't it? I don't, I don't know what know it was based that. off, if it was the world rankings or whatever. Yeah, I think that's, that's how Afghanistan got in. So they're not... They were obviously used to be associates, and now they're ranked in the top eight in the world. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. No, though. but like in the in, in the in in the first game of the Asia Cup, uh, they bundled Lanka out for like ninety odd and chased it in ten overs. They were off to like a flying start. Then they kind of capitulated. Kind of sounded like dark horses. They're going to take a few scalps. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, just finally, because. Uh, one of us has to go squash some balls or something. Um, let's just quickly touch upon uh, the recent Pakistan tour. Quite historic. Uh, England had 70 20s against Pakistan. It's just finished. Uh, England running out uh, four free winners in what was quite a thrilling um, series. Arguably one of the dullest games was the final one. Uh, I don't know. What, what what was your takeaway from this historic series, Jesse? My takeaway from it uh, was mostly how much depth England have and how much Pakistan rely on their top two. Is it how amazing Babarazam and Rizwan are? Because that's how I took it. I don't understand how any Pakistan fan could enjoy watching them bat together when you know that if one of them gets out, yeah, the rest of the pack falls like a deck of cards. The stress must be unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it'd, be yeah. like, it'd be like being an RCB fan you've got a top three and then everything after that is absolutely useless it, it, it's shock- I don't how could how you ever enjoy that, the partnership yeah, how they can be that poor afterwards um, but I love watching Rizwan bat so much I love Rizwan so much I would just watch him shadow uh, bat at the Rizwan beginning Rizwan is of the so innings. watchable because yeah. Baba has the, the classic shots but Rizwan is my favourite this is going to be really controversial. This is my big controversial opinion. I don't think Babrazam's that good to watch. What? There's something about there's something about the way he holds the bat and it's actually straight lines through the ball. It doesn't quite line up right, and it just doesn't work for me. The same way that James Vince just doesn't work for me. You know what? I'm not agreeing I'm, with you that I'm, I don't I'm enjoy kind of watching, but you're right. That one. Yeah. Uh, the lines aren't right. Um, but he the is contact superb. for the ball is. The contact for the ball is beautiful, but it always goes a different direction to where the bat looks like it's pointing. Yes, no, yeah, I can, yeah. I can understand I, I that. I agree with Jesse on that one, yeah. Uh, and something I took away from the series, uh, like loving seeing Rizwan and Baba Bat, is that I went to watch Kent uh, play two T20 blasts purely because the opposition had Baba Azam and the, the next one, Rizwan, respectively. And both times, neither of them saw out the first over. Uh, so I don't know what that says. Maybe just Super Kent. And Darren Steve. Was Steve-O bowling? <laughs> I think just his presence on the field intimidated them out to, to lose their wickets. But um, England looked really good. We'll talk in the next episode about T20 squads and going into the World Cup and so on. But uh, quite a few big hitters, well, 
big players uh, not there. Um, and the understudies stood up quite impressively, to be honest. But I thought it was a brilliant series. Um, and it had to be that good because seven matches of one-sidedness would have been yeah a real struggle. It would have been a real struggle. But it, I think it went, it went quite well. And again, maybe the greatest insight about it was uh, Moeen Ali saying that he didn't enjoy the food in Lahore. So that's something to remember. Um, but Karachi is a lot better. Well, I know it's a short episode, but blame Jesse's squash balls. Um, but we shall be back, and we do mean this. We shall be back in the very near future uh, before... Jesse, can you remind me, when does the World Cup start, or is this the qualifiers? Um, the qualifiers start on the 16th. Okay, well, well, we'll be back before then to talk about... Uh, who should be the starting 11s? I've, I'm putting Archer in England and whether Scotland can get it into the World Cup proper. I've got a full Scotland scouting report incoming. I look forward to it and so do the listeners. Yeah, we'd love, love to hear that one. But yeah. please go onto our Instagram and vote on mancadding. I want to see a big swing for mancads. Um, being wonderful that for the That 1% game. at I, the bottom being anti is going to be me. I have... I have yet another controversial poll that uh, I think is surely going to start a war. Well, I think we should. What is that? Well, uh, those of you who have been watching Jesse quite a bit these days, well, does he have a bit of uh, machine gun Kelly in his looks? Without the tattoos, of course. You do realise this is a podcast, Ash, and no one can see Jesse. No, no, he. he but if this is a he, poll between me and you, he may be gaining some followers. Okay. He may be gaining some followers. Okay. That's for sure. All right. That, what's better is every, like I haven't. No, I haven't I'm not changed, getting any followers in my be. opinions here. All of our followers should go and follow Jesse and DM him whether he looks like Machine Gun Kelly or not. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, and you'll be able to find him. That sounds like a superb one. Okay. I've, I've been told I have. Someone tried to start getting me called Machine Gun Kelly at my cricket club. <laughs> anyway, that's Didn't catch on, <laughs> thank goodness. Okay, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, both of you. It's been great to talk to you once again. We, sh- I, we promise, don't we, boys, that we will have an episode out before the 16th, which has us detailing those World Cup teams. Okay, everyone. Au revoir. Goodbye.